0: Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth radio network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen
1: to see what God is saying to us today.
0: Amen. So- We're starting in Philippians, and I kind of did it backwards. We did chapter 3 real extensively, and then we went over chapter 4. But we'll get to those again. But uh, we we talked about the fact that the the, the letter to Philippi, to to the Philippians, is more like a love letter for Paul. Because this was a church we know for a fact that he founded uh, on his first missionary journey. When you go back to Acts, it goes back to Lydia, where there was no church. And they were having a prayer meeting, and he talked to them with the gospel and got them saved. Then you got the Philippian jailer story, whereas he was beaten, he was he was tortured, and went into the jail. And him and I uh, uh, think Silas was in there singing at midnight. Earthquake came, chains came off, jailer woke up, saw the door open, thought everybody was gone, and Paul and he was ready to fall on his sword. And you know you have to think about this: the, to be a jailer during that time, he was a brutal person. You wasn't just no guy sitting in a uniform. He probably helped flog Paul. But when he saw that, he knew that if they would had escaped all the prisoners, he would have to kill himself. Well, Paul said, don't kill yourself. And then Paul gave him the gospel. And then his whole household family was saved. And that's when the church was started. With a woman and a brutal killer. And that's the power of the gospel. Because the gospel takes those people who we look at And ready to throw away, cast away, kill. And God saves him. That's how he gets the glory. Paul himself was a killer. Don't make him into no hero yet. Okay? He was a killer. He sat there and, 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 and let Stephen be stoned. He was complicit. If Paul was going to court and he the one who held the jackets of all the ones who killed Stephen, he would be found guilty just like the rest of them. He urged it on. He hated the church. As we saw in chapter three, he persecuted the church. But then he met Jesus. And he was such a a proficient uh, purveyor of of hating Christ that when Christ saved him and he went back to the to the council, went back to uh, Peter, James, John and them. And you have to remember the church was really Jewish. He was given the ministry for the Gentiles. He went back to them to confer with them the first time and they would meet with him because they were scared of him. It might be a trick. So he went away for 14 years. Now, and, I, and again, this, this is where you got to slow down and think about this. He went away for 14 years and preached in Arabia. Well, what's in Arabia? Gentiles. What's in Arabia? The other half of the of Abraham's children. Not the one of promise, but the one from from the slave girl, the, 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 the Arabs. He preached grace to them for 14 years. And then when he hooked up with Barnabas, Barnabas brought him back and said, I watched the same Holy Spirit that fell upon us at Pentecost. I'm watching this same Holy Spirit deal with these Gentiles in the same way And then they received Paul, but Paul made them know you may be pillars of the church, but you bring nothing to my ministry because I was practicing my ministry for 14 years. See, this is what I want to tell you, saints. God ordains you with an assignment. You are here because you still have an assignment and it's not for man to ordain your assignment It's for your clergy and your leadership to promote your assignment and you be about your assignment. Life is too short for you not to be on assignment, and you waiting for somebody to tell you you okay. I'm gonna give y'all carte blanche. car. everybody part of Walking Truth. You okay? <laughs> you have my blessing. That's what you've been waiting on. You got it. Anybody that's part of Walking Truth, you got my blessing. Go do what God has called you to do, and don't worry about what people say. Because I wouldn't be here, Sister Brown and Joyce, and y'all know. I wouldn't be here if I was worried about what people said. But you got to go. With, you got to know what God has called you to do. That's why I say crow like you crow. Do what you do. Whatever you do for God is good. And you don't need it to be conferred, conferred on by man. But Paul started this church. And he loved this church. And, and, and the reason why Philippi is such a strategic church. And I want you to try to look at this as I paint the picture with my hand. Israel is over here. Okay, this is Israel, where his microphone is. Out there is Turkey, Galatia, Colossia, uh, uh, Colossia, all the, the, the Turkish churches where Paul went, Corinth, and all of that. That's all out that way. Philippi is over here to the west. Well, why is Philippi so important? Because in, in Acts, when you read Acts about when Paul said he tried to go north, he couldn't go north. He couldn't go south. He couldn't go he couldn't go east. The Holy Spirit allowed him to go west, and that's where he went into Philippi. Okay? So why is Philippi so important? Because it's the gateway city to Europe. Philippi is over here in Europe. Philippi was a great city. To the point that and 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 rome was up here okay philippi was over here but but the but the macedonia of philippi when it talks about the bible where he talked about he had a vision of going to macedonia that's what he's talking about that was the gateway into europe that was the movement west of the gospel and in and the, and the city of philippi was a very popular city to the point that um those citizens of philippi roman Had the same privileges as the the citizens in Rome and they were looked at just like them. They had extra privileges, extra rights because they were this great gateway city. Philippi used to have gold mines. By the time the Romans came, they would all been, you know, mined out. But it was the gateway to Europe. So God went north, south, east and west. And the West was the, the gateway. And when Paul went there now, you got to think about he's writing back to the church. He founded, back to the church. He loved. And we already read it. He's, it's a personal thing with Paul. It's a personal thing with Paul. Paul loved that church. I yearn for you. You heard words like that. I yearn for you. You're in my heart. I pray for you in my heart. I pr- These are things that's let us know that's different from the other epistles. And really, Philippi, he didn't scold them. He didn't really scold them. He's encouraging them. And you see the word grace a lot. You see the word rejoice and joy a lot in this epistle. So as Paul is encouraging them, because what's going on, the man that founded the church, the the one they love. Hey, the one that they got money from to take back to the Jerusalem church is in jail. He's in jail. And they're they're loving Paul. They hadn't spoken to Paul for two years. And they come to find out he's in jail. They were so worried about Paul. They sent their pastor Epaphroditus to go see what was going on. And then in the midst of that, Epaphroditus got sick. Almost to death. And Paul sent them back to them. But they were a generous church. There was a loving church. And guess what? The Jewish church always counted on the Gentile church to take care of them because a lot of people don't you read you get you got to read it with some with some new eyes the gentile church was the jewish church was poor peter didn't have no money but every time he, when when if you go back to read acts he said he told them once he had that meeting with them he says remember the poor and paul said i had intended to who think you think he was talking about them they were poor so this thing of calling in riches and prosperity gospel if, if that was a thing you would think Paul wouldn't be able to do it, James wouldn't be able to do it Peter, you know what I'm saying if it was about calling in money, why couldn't they do it because we know they were caused by God but the gospel's not about that that's why we got to be about our father's business in 2022 we done suffered well but now we got to move on and Paul is going to encourage us to not look at what we've been through but look at The the fruit of where we what we can do is not so much what you can get is what you can give in ministry. What are you dishing out? Not what you get. You got everything. What did the Bible say? You have all heavenly. You have all the gifts of God in heavenly places. You don't need any more gifts. You have this Holy Spirit living in you. But you can't let the what you see affect you to the point that you get off assignment because that's the trick of the enemy and the trick of your flesh. You can create any reason to get off assignment. I thank God you guys here. Because you could have had any reason. You had a reason it was a monsoon. But you made it. I like what Carly said. It's the last Tuesday. She's looking at the blessing of this is the last Tuesday. But think about this. This virus, this COVID virus hasn't affected us. For real. Not not walking truth in her. It didn't affect a couple of members. But they didn't die. It was around. Death was all around us, but it didn't get us. Mm-hmm. And I'm attributing that to Jesus mm-hmm. and the mercies of because we we don't we don't deserve not to die, but God saw fit to say no, not them. Yes. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Where we where y'all want to start at? Since we almost done, what verse you want to start at, Sister Brown?
2: We we uh, last week we were on. One
0: to four. Okay. Well, let's, one four. Oh, okay. Well, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up at five. Go ahead. and Start.
2: For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ.
0: So who's doing the work? You. No, who's doing the work in us? Jesus. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's confident of one thing. Behind all he said from one through four, he's confident in one thing, that the God of your salvation is doing a work in you and that he's going to complete the work in you that he started. Amen. So every saint that's blood bought, saved, sanctified of the Holy Ghost is being worked on by God. And you're being worked on by the Holy Spirit so you could do the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, that's the only reason you're being worked on, because guess what's happening? What is the actual work that's being done in you? What you think? What's the actual work that's being done in you? Uh, salvation. No, salvation is all you already saved. So what's what what what's the work that's being done in you? There's a couple of ways you can approach it. So I'm I'm not what you what you said you you saved already, but I, but but that's not the work that's being done because you saved, huh? The completion of what are you being completed to end? What? In What what? In the image of Christ. So you're being conformed into His what? image that's the work that he's doing so if you're being conformed to this image and his likeness then we need to be about the like work that he did why would he conform you to his image you didn't have the work that he did he didn't conform you to his image to talk about prosperity gospel he conformed you to his image to deal with the people who are poor in spirit who are left out in this world who have no hope you learn how to suffer well. In Romans, he talked about that. I'm going to talk about that Sunday. You learn how to suffer well. Your character's been built. Your endurance has been built. And you are the purveyors of hope. So as you're being conformed into Christ, you give people hope, just like he gave the woman at the well hope. Just like he made the man with the withered hand hope. That's what you're being conformed to do, to tell about this Jesus who died for them on the cross and teach them about the power of the resurrection. That your life that you live now is a life of resurrection power. You're not living in the death of your sin. Your sin has been paid for. Sin has no more power on you unless you let it. But you can live in the power of the resurrection, which is such a great power because it's not legalism, it's life. You don't have to wait to get to eternity to live out of eternal life here. Because when you can live out eternal life here, you're not scared of nobody. Death is, death is welcome because you know for a fact where you're going. You're not scared. I'm not worried. Yeah, I want to be here as long as God wants me here, but not one second longer. Amen. Amen. Okay. But we're being conformed to His image. We're being made in His likeness, and He's and He's confident. Are you confident that He's doing His work in you, or do you base Him working on you by how you feel every day? You gotta
1: be confident in what He's doing because when we say that we don't
0: think nothing being done, but He's doing it. Thank Karen. You could have said it even. You you could have said it even better. That was a great, that's what I wanted to hear. That sent chills. You, it don't, it don't feel like it's Sometimes we ain't being. <laughs> and what does that feel? Okay, let's be honest. What does being conformed to his image feel like? What Jesus got beat on? <laughs> Jesus sweated blood. He dealt with his knucklehead disciples. So what does it feel like to be conformed to his image? See how we make an imagination like, well, we need to feel it. We need to be happy all the time. No, we need to have joy. Joy is eternal. Joy is not based upon outside influences. Praise God. That was great, Karen. You see, that's how you know you're growing. When you can say something like that, you're growing because you understand what's really going on. Sister so, so Joyce, when I watch y'all do what you do, everybody in this church, when I watch y'all do what you do, I see the conforming image in you. I see Christ in you, the hope of glory. No longer do I look at you in the flesh. But I look at you in the spirit and when I see you in the spirit, I see the move of God in your life doing what he do for you and say, I'm making them so they can do their assignment. I'm making them so they can go tell people how good I am. I'm making them that they can withstand the pressures of this world, the world, the flesh and the devil. The book that Sister Brown was reading that we were all reading. God has gave you armor to withstand all that's in that book. Mm -hmm. The devil can't throw nothing at you that he can't he can't. Fort, but you being conformed to his image go ahead sister Brown
2: even as it is me, for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both of <clears throat> both in my bonds and in the defiance and com- confirmation of the gospel you are all partakers of my grace
0: so we are partakers of whose grace God. his God's grace. grace God's grace and his grace and we share it Now, what did Paul do? He made all of us equal. Isn't that beautiful? He didn't say, I'm the apostle and I'm the greatest. And I got more more, Holy Ghost than you, so I got more grace than you. We're all partakers of the grace of Jesus Christ. Men and women alike. It's just not about me. It's just not about you. It's about all of the body. All of the time. And we all are partakers of grace. Now, I'm going to ask this question. I want to hear what you guys got to say. What is grace? What is grace?
1: Okay. Yes. Grace is, is um, the redemption. We have redemption through grace. So I'm being redeemed through grace. So grace is, is something given to us that we don't truly deserve on a day-to-day basis. He gives us that grace. Okay. And it's only because that we, we, we've been renewed in our spirit because we believe in Christ Jesus that he died for our sins. So he gives us that
0: Perfect grace, which is the power to move from day to day. Okay. Anybody else? That was good. Anybody else? I try to make it a little simpler. He
1: gives <laughs> grace to change. make our oh.
2: life different every oh. day. Okay. He
1: gives
0: us new grace every day. Yes. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? I'm going to make it simpler than that. What you say?
1: Favor. Favor.
0: Grace is the favor of God. And what do I mean by favor? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. You didn't earn it. You touched on that. You touched on it. You didn't earn it. It wasn't earned by you. You don't deserve it. You touched on that. Grace is simply the unmerited, unearned. Unmerited is the same thing as unearned. It is the unmerited favor of God in all the saints' lives, meaning that you didn't work for it. Now, what did I tell you all about grace the other day? I know y'all forgot this. When grace is given, somebody else has always worked for it. Christ worked for it. How did Christ work for the grace that's given us? Don't make it hard. Just make it easy. What did Christ do for us? And where did he do it at? On the cross. So the work that was done on the cross and his resurrection that was given, that gave us the power of resurrection in the, in the gift of faith, in the gift of grace that was given to us because he did the work. He paid the penalty for our sins. Right. So with that, we believe in that. So then we're giving grace. We don't work for salvation. You work in sanctification with the Holy Spirit, but you don't work for it. Even the sanctification that you're going through, God doesn't have to conform you into his image. He wants to. He wants to shed the love that that, that Romans talked about abroad in your hearts. He does that because he's a loving God. He is love. But he had to work because what did you deserve? Wrath. Wrath. Nothing. You didn't deserve. You deserve nothing. But you got something because he did it. So when we when we get down on ourselves, encourage yourself that you have a God that did something for you versus you doing something for him. So many other religious systems, you do something to appease God. You got to burn some children up. (laughs) You got to sacrifice your firstborn. Think about all the stuff, you know, go back to the Old Testament. Look, when they started following other gods, that was required of them. At one point, the Jews were giving up their children to Moloch, placing their children On an altar that was burning. And killing their children. Serving the fake God. And trying to serve God at the same time. Okay. A lot of us are duplicitous like that. You're trying to please the God of the world. And the God of holiness. And see what the God of holiness says. Is what Jesus say. No you can't mix me with nobody else. See that God don't die for you. I die for you. So so you're not going to cheapen me. By bringing anything into salvation. But me. You don't save yourself. Okay? You're saved by grace through faith. Period. You ain't saved by religious r- rituals. You're not saved by water baptism. you saved by one thing and one thing only. What he worked to give us. Not what you conjure up in your mind. And maybe you learned by bad doctrine in church. Okay? With scriptures taken out of context. Okay? That's how you save. There's no work that you do. Because we learn if it's work, then it's no longer what? know, If it's work is no one longer what? Grace. If we work at it, then that's a wage that needs to be paid to us, right? Does God owe you anything? Because he did everything. That's what we tell people. Isn't that a far cry and beating them up with all this other stuff? But we tell them that in light of sin and selling that, why would you take sin and its punishment when you don't have to? Why would you even gamble with that? If we learn how to present the gospel in a correct way, you we can get people saved. That's what I told Stephen. I say, Stephen, you go for the judge. The judge tell you, you did it. You guilty. You a sinner. First, I got to admit that he was a sinner. I use the Ten Commandments for that. Have you ever done any of these things? He said, of course I have. I say, so what do you deserve? If a judge is righteous, you deserve to be punished for that, right? He said, yeah. I say, the wages of sin is death. I showed him that. I say, now, what if I told you there was a way out? he was curious then how can I get out of this believe upon the shed blood of Jesus and I walked him through all of that and I say and he and he's willing to take your place if you believe that he could and believe that he can and believe what he did can save you and he said so I can give it all to Jesus and not take it on myself I say you sure is he said oh yeah I want that the boy was with no fool you see what I'm saying but so many of us are caught up in religious activity. And there's no religious activity. Jesus got tired of Jews. He to, at some point in the Bible he said. That he got tired of their new feasts. Their new moons. Because their heart was far from them. So if he was tired of them. Which was his chosen people. You Gentiles ain't got no, ain't got no hope in religious activity. He, he don't want you to have hope in religious activity. He wants you to trust in him. And what he did for you at the cross. That's the simplicity. That, that's so simple. The gospel is simple. It's an exchange. You or him. Either you can take your punishment or he can take your punishment. It's up to you. You know, you get to decide that. But you got it. Your mind has to be enlightened. God has to remove the scales from your eyes so you can get out of yourself. Because guess what you want to do? No matter what you want to do, Sister Brown, no matter what we do, we want to add something to it that we bought some merit to it. Look at what I got. God is blessing me. You know. And think about this. Think about brother Paul. You know all about him. And you know that he helped kill Stephen. You know that he was persecuted church. And this brother walks in. And walks to the pulpit. And says God has called me to preach the gospel to you. Because of your flesh mind. You will reject him automatically. Because you know his past. And that's why we don't look at people according to their flesh. Everybody in this room, everybody that's listening has a past. Yours may not be as notorious as mine. But Jesus didn't ask me, was yours notorious as mine? He asked me, do you believe that I can cleanse you from all of your sin? I don't look at your sin and compare. I look at what he did for me and gave me at the cross. And that's what we need to be looking at. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be harder to reach than others. Okay, some people gonna be harder to reach than others. Some people is gonna take them forty some years to come to Christ. That's my story. So be 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 patient. Okay, all right. So, Brian, what verse were we on? Um, we're going on eight, two, okay, go ahead. Eight, eight. For God is my record how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Think about it. This is so gushy. Alone long for you after the bowels in Jesus Christ. You know, that's an inner heart thing, you know. Go ahead. And
2: this I pray, that your love may abound, yet more and more in
0: knowledge and in all judgment. So, some say discernment, okay? That your, this is what he prays, prays. That what may abound? Your love. Your love. Your love. For who? One another. Okay. Is it the ooey gooey ishy wishy love? No. Because he clarifies it in the next part where it says he prays that your that your love about in all what, Sister Brown? In all judgment. In all discernment and knowledge. and knowledge. So the love that we have as Christians is void of emotions unless it comes from discernment, judgment, and knowledge. So without love, Paul says in the Corinthians that you don't have anything. But Paul describes what Christian love is. It comes with discernment and knowledge, which means your love is focused. That's far cry from what you've been taught. Because what you've been taught is you're supposed to love everybody. That ain't what they say. What that says is you love According to discernment and knowledge. Each other. Discernment means judgment means not judging, but judgment means I'm careful as I dispense my love to you. Discerning what you really need. Not what you don't need, what you do need. See, you might take judging as a a negative thing. No, I'm judging what you really need. Do you need me to shake your hand? Do you need me to give you a word? Do you need me to to just shut up and listen to you? The love for the saints should be discerning based upon our understanding of being conformed to his image and what that person needs at any given moment. I may talk to you or you or you and all three of y'all need something different. But God has given you the ability to discern his prayer my prayer is that when we deal with each other, deal with each other in discerning ways. Not in judgmental other than judging what we need. Amen. See, because that scripture can be twisted into a negative thing. Well, why would Paul say something negative like that? I need to judge what you need so I can fulfill it in love. Okay? Go ahead, Sister Brown. That ye may approve things that are excellent. You can approve things. You'll you be able to say yes to a lot more if you're discerning. Go ahead. That ye may be sincere
2: and without offense to the day of Christ.
0: So you're going to be without offending if you learn how to love and discernment. Now, that doesn't mean that the person's not going to be offended, but your heart is so pure that if that person in the body of Christ that's in our local body with us can't see that maybe correction, direction, Rebuke and all that good stuff the word of God is for is part of it, then that's that's on you. Curly said something earlier today, like most people say about me in the beginning. What'd you say, Curly, when you first met me? Tell tell them. <laughs> tell them. Go ahead, say it loud so the whole audience can hear. I thought you was the meanest person. <laughs> thought I was mean. Really? Yeah, See? You did? Yeah. Now, I don't know, you know, again, I'm not going to ask when Curly about, speaks. huh? So when, you, when I came to the body, so it was his voice. Okay. Yeah, and I was, was hard. Yeah, was I remember hard. when you came over oh, there. Yeah, yeah but, but, see, but see, this is the deal. <laughs> I would say this, Curly. I'm going to say mean. I would say. No, say mean. I'm going to give you mean. This is what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> there was a time when I was a sledgehammer. And that's how all good preachers come up, because we want you to get it so bad that we hit you so hard with it. Now I'm a, I can be a sledgehammer, but I'm also a scalpel. I am discerning and I cut a little different. So people that listen to me now, like like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this on and put this out there for y'all to hear. Our first my first shows. There's a difference between these shows and the shows I do now. Okay. What's well, the difference from then? To now, yeah, I've matured. So I'm not denying that that because everybody said that even even them said that not Joyce, but them that was at the other church said that they thought I was mean or something. I don't know, but 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 they couldn't deny I was telling the truth. See, Sister Karen, CC Karen, they couldn't deny I was telling the truth. Just like here. Not y'all, but you know, just like here. Nobody challenged the truth. The truth stands on its own. Now my delivery may be different because I got a smile on my face now. But there was a time that I wasn't gonna smile about this thing nope. because <laughs> oh because I took it serious. But you got to take it serious before you can laugh about it. All good preachers start off that way because you laughing, they start laughing, then they miss the point. Because we know somebody laughs all the time. Nobody's getting none out of that. When you say something serious about sin and you go, <laughs> what, what, what was this funny about the fact I'm going to die in my sin if I don't come to Christ? You know, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying these things to say, again, it's a maturity thing, you know. And with what we're reading, it goes into the praying, maturing, being conformed to his image, being able to judge what's most excellent, what's not. and was not. It was not. You need to say it, but don't compromise as if you got to say it in a way to make a person feel good. Your goal with the brothers and sisters of Christ, just tell them the truth in love. And we've come far enough and suffered long enough that we should be able to talk to each other straight up. All that flower we talked, the Lord told me to tell you, shut up. Just say what's on your mind. I don't know if it's the Lord by how you what you say. You ain't got to tell me the Lord told you nothing. You lying. The Lord ain't told you nothing. You just, you got your own convictions. And I'm telling y'all, it's okay to have your own convictions. If you're being conformed to the image of Christ, you're going to develop the convictions of Christ. You're going to develop the convictions of Christ. But, but see, this is how you stay out of trouble line lying on the Holy Spirit. Don't tell you the Lord said, just come and say, hey, I was thinking. I'd like to hear that more. I was thinking, you know, why can't we do this? So why we should maybe think about that? Well, let me see. If it's good and godly, I don't see why not. Now the Holy Spirit get the credit for you thinking. But you're lying to the Holy Spirit, and I proved that you're lying on the Holy Spirit. You don't even care. Because you wanted me to swallow what you said. Because the Holy Ghost told you. Man, that raises my radar right in the beginning. When somebody told me the Holy Ghost told them something, the first thing out of my mind is going to, you're about to lie. I don't believe you. Unless you're about to tell me something in the scripture. Well, Tell me what you feel to tell me it's the Holy Spirit. You're not discerning. You're not loving me to lie on the Holy Spirit. Think about it. How can you love on me and tell me and judge what I need if you're about to lie on the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be conforming me and you? Love don't lie. Amen. Amen. Love don't lie. So thank God I ain't mean no more. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. The girl that said that, I said, I'm going to bring that up. Go ahead. Being filled with the fruits of
2: righteousness.
0: The fruits of who?
2: Righteousness.
0: Which are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You clothe the robe of righteousness, the garment of salvation. You got all that. The fruits of righteousness, which means you're filled with what you're becoming. The righteousness of God. You're filled with it. The fruits of righteousness. Where did it come from? The Holy Spirit, the word of God, prayer, and all those other things we do. That's where it comes from. Go ahead
2: by our which are by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. unto the glory and praise of God but I you should understand brother that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the fir- firmer, furtherance of the gospel
0: so he now he's, now he's going to what's going on he said I want you to know brothers what has happened to me what has happened to Paul Paul's in prison Paul is on his way to be beheaded. But Paul, while the time between his day and court, he's being chained to a Praetorian guard every day in his, in his own house. So he's not in the bowels of the prison like he was back in Philippi. In Rome, he's a Roman citizen and he gets the privileges of being a Roman citizen. He's chained to someone. And guess what? You chained to Paul, I bet you the person that released him couldn't wait. Like, man, this dude don't do nothing but talk about Jesus. <laughs> I'm chained to this guy. I don't know how long the chain was, but even if the chain was from me to you, Karen, you, that, that's still too close. I need to chain the A, that I need to be in another room. You know, he's sitting there talking about, because Paul can have visitors, and he's talking to people, and you chained that to him. You can't tell him to shut up, because your job is to make sure he just don't escape. He ain't trying to escape. He wants you chained to him. And that, And I thought about this. Jesus wants us chained to the unbeliever. He wants us to be in the proximity of people who don't believe that may hear what we have to say. May be curious about our behavior. And I understand what you say. When you say you may be the only Bible a person may see. I get that. That's good. But after they see you, what you going to say? Because it's only what you're going to say that's going to get them saved. That's the only way they're going to get saved. They don't get saved by looking at you. That's your cop out. I I look good. I do this. I don't curse. Okay. But do you give them the gospel? Behind all y'all what you don't do. Because you don't give them the gospel either. Okay. See things we say in church that we used to say in church. We need to stop saying in church because we don't use it in the right way. If you say you're the only Bible person may see. Then you need to be the only Bible person may hear too. Okay, you get beyond the laziness and get about our Father's business. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So, so that
2: my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all
0: other places. So he said, everywhere in the palace, everybody talking about me. Cause I don't know how many shifts. I mean, you know, I don't know if they do eight-hour shifts. But obviously, they must be rotating guards on him. Just not three, but maybe everybody get a turn. The Praetorian guard, the Caesar's right-hand guard is guarding Paul. And they all taking a shift. And so when they all get back to their barracks, all they talk about is Paul and what Paul talking about. Could it be? Did Jesus, this Jesus? You know, we heard about this Jesus. You know what? Part of them crucified. That's that Jesus uh, uh, Paul and Cruci- that, that we crucified. Remember that's Jews, one of them crucified, and we is, I remember that case. What? He came back from the dead? And he's offering eternal life? Well, you know, we we worship Zeus and them and all them other gods, and that. they ain't offering us that. And it's free, and all we got to do is believe. I can imagine the clamor about Paul. Because normally they'd be chained to somebody, they're going to get beheaded anyway. Talk all you want. But Paul is actually still preaching the gospel because he's in prison to do so. His assignment, Jesus told him how much he would have to suffer for his sake. And they would talk to kings and queens and important people. God, I'll get you. Bet you Paul didn't think it was going to be this way. (laughs) See, God will give you an overview, but then the actual way it come through be different than what you expect. Be much different than what you expect. I didn't know that this would lead to us being on the internet and having a wide footprint like we did. But but now since Brown look back, this was our preparation ground for what we do right now. It got us used to having conversations about God when there's just two of us in the room. Three of us in the room. I'm in a room by myself. You know, talking to people that don't even sit in front of me. But little did we know that this would lead to where we are today. That's how I know God is on the move. Because we don't even do this no more. I don't even like seeing these. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had too many of them. They were everywhere in my house. You know? Scratch my back with them. Okay? So 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 we have this. Go ahead, Sister Brian. And
2: many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident of my by my bonds much more bold to speak
0: the word without fear. So sometimes when you watch your leader go through something and still preach the gospel, what he's saying, the brothers that are watching me that really love God, if they saying if I can handle it, they can handle it and they free. Amen. Amen. This is this is this okay let's do let's do us. Y'all, y'all know my handicap. If I go out here and do all that I do and Sister Brown and all y'all attest I'll get wherever I need to go. I'm gonna preach wherever I need to preach. But I got a handicap. Y'all are able-bodied all the way through. What's stopping you? Y'all can get in y'all car anytime and go wherever. I got to arrange things. But that's just the beauty of the gospel because that should encourage you. To say, well, if he can do it, why can't I? Whatever your assignment is. You know, don't, and I, and don't think I'm telling you all to preach. I'm just saying whatever your assignment is. There's no excuse for you to have no assignment to do this. You know, to do what God calls you to do. You You got everything. Some of y'all got a lot of money. Let go of it. it would be all right. Yeah. <laughs> not doing God's work now. I ain't talking about, you know, it's ain't, I ain't, so not a plug for us. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm just saying, if the, the reason why Paul is right, he said there are brothers who are out here who were scared, but once they saw I wasn't scared, they are out here doing the thing. They're here preaching because I'm in bonds, but then there's the other ones. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry.
2: That's
0: all right. Start start over again with that one.
2: Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Keep going. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the
0: gospel. So one's preaching for good, one preaching to take advantage of Paul's bonds. So what would they be saying? They would be saying, look, at him, if he really had Jesus, he wouldn't be in that situation. So you need to follow me. Look at me. I got it going on. I'm still going to preach Jesus, but you know what? I'm going to preach the prosperity gospel. I'm going to smile at you and tell you that you need to, to believe in me because I'm going to smile and tell you, you could have it all. God wants you happy. God wants you healthy. And God wants you wealthy. So come on and follow me. Because if Paul had the power he said. he, Why he in chains? He should better. Rebuke the chains. Watch me rebuke some stuff. And you're like. You know what? Give me your money today. And you'll get yours delivered on Tuesday. See those are the kind of people. That preached Paul. When they looked at Paul. And so many of you will be challenged by that kind of uh, 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 people looking versus hearing. People looking, small ministry, but they're not hearing. But see, we don't worry about what people look at. We worry about what we say. And God will increase or decrease as he chooses. As long as we do what we're supposed to do, that's all that count. Okay? Who says walking truth has to be around forever? We, wasn't, we, we haven't been forever. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long we got, but we need to take advantage of every moment we got together. Because mm-hmm. we don't know. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. All right. So there are going to be people when you're on your assignment that's going to be close to you. Now think about this. These ain't outsiders preaching against Paul. These are people that call themselves brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Preaching against Paul. And his condition of being in jail. And some of our best preachers... Have been preachers in the Bible that that went to prison. Paul. Who else? Who else? Who else went? Was in a pit. Who else was put in the prison? Joseph. Who else was a wanted man? Moses. Yeah. Jeremiah was put in stockades. Okay, prison. But God is not stopped by bands wanting to destroy the truth. Actually, it works to magnify the truth. So you put Paul in prison thinking you're going to shut him up and now the whole the, the, the government that runs the world at that time the people in it that's next to the one man is now talking about getting saved. And you thought prison was going to stop him. And all prison did was help. Okay, go ahead.
2: For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that in all boldness as always so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body whether it be by
0: life or by death. That should be our motto. That Christ shall be magnified in us whether we live or die. How Christ magnified. He's only magnified when you, as you take, as you being conformed to his image, that you outwardly tell people the gospel in your way. Paul is saying don't make no difference. What you're saying don't mean nothing. I praise God. Yeah, it's bad, but it's a bad to my flesh, but it's not bad to my spirit. What I've learned is, is that is that you kind of really grow when you got issues. <coughs> That would make you turn to God. Amen. Them little aches and pains that you got, some of that cancer that you may have. You no? Know, some of that bad news medically that you may get makes you press into God even the more. Amen. Then people wonder when you tell them I got this and I got that, and they're like, How are you how are you functioning? Well, I've determined that uh, I'm gonna just keep on pressing on. Why stop? Why stop now? We learned, we're going to learn the Philippians as we learn. you got to keep pressing. Pressing is against something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just might as well press on to the high calling. You know what? The high calling is not based upon my creature comfort. Hmm. We need to quit telling people that. Because <laughs> that's how they get disappointed in church. Because you're comfortable, you tell them they'll be comfortable if they participate in your comfortability. <laughs> if they sow into you and that they're going to get theirs but what ends up happening you got yours off of their back and they ain't got nothing coming because you made God about the money and not about the reality of salvation and even then Paul was confident about his salvation Okay, was he talking about his salvation of being saved by Christ or was he talking about his hope to get out of jail No, no he's talking about hope to get out of jail he's already saved He's already saved. He's hoping like John the Baptist hoped that something was going to happen to get him out. He's human. I mean, yeah, every, all the of God is getting saved. Okay, Lord, I did all this. Can you let me out here? <laughs> I've accomplished your mission. Can you let me get out of here? But Paul didn't leave. But then Paul said it. Whether I live or die. See, that was the end. See, yeah, I want to leave. But whether I live or die, I'm going to keep on going. So what about his salvation of his soul? It was about the current situation at the end. He wanted out too. And there's nothing wrong, saints, what you want out of a current situation that's uncomfortable. But you have to get to the point that as long as God leaves you in it, he may have given you the same thing he told Paul. What? My grace is sufficient. And a lot of us don't want to accept that. That the favor of God to continue the mission. He gives us that strength like y'all talked about earlier. The strength to continue the mission. The assignment. Whether you're in a wheelchair or a walker. He gonna give you the, the voice to do. You just need a voice. If you gotta sit down and preach, preach from sitting down. If you gotta lay on your side and preach, preach laying on your side. Keep preaching. Keep talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep talking about Jesus. Go ahead.
2: I think this the next chapter kind of sums up basically everything that you were saying, mm-hmm. 21. For to for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain.
0: See? For to me, and we all have to be that way. Mm-hmm. We should but you gotta be convinced. Okay, remember he kept saying, I'm convinced, I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. You gotta be convinced. To me, to me, you gotta say make it personal to you. There's a gaining and dying for Christ, and really, living for Christ is dying for Christ. I'm gonna say it again: living for Christ is dying for Christ, because if you live for Christ, you gonna be put to death. Now, now maybe not that way, maybe you won't get beheaded, but people are going to come at you and try to destroy you. If you're preaching the truth. Yeah, living is good, but living the life in Christ Jesus for the message, for the assignment of the gospel comes with a risk of losing all of your friends and maybe family members because you love God even more. So God don't leave you orphaned, orphaned, like an orphan. He gives you a new family, which are your brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't take away from the affinity that you have for the, your blood family. But I would never trade in Jesus for my brother. Hmm. I would never compromise where I am in the gospel with God for my blood brother or sister. Because they need to be saved. And if I compromise, then there's no reason for them to be saved. Yeah, and again, you have to be realized too. Some of them ain't gonna come. You hope that they will, and that's a good hope. Okay, you don't you don't have to give up on anybody, but sometimes you need to let God do it because you're too involved. Know when to back off, and really, and that's what I'm saying. That's another sledgehammer scalpel thing. Know when you need to be in. Know when you need to step out, and and that's discerning love. Yeah, I love you, but I'm not gonna be in your business like that. See, I I learned by watching the mistakes of other pastors where they're too involved in the people's business. Whereas they they can't be objective to the point of of leadership. They're too involved in their day-to-day struggles. Whereas, you know, you you know, like your pastor's not. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you talk to every day, and that and that you vent stuff. You can vent to your pastor, but your pastor has to be mature enough. Your leadership, leadership, not just not your pastor. Your leadership has to be mature enough to understand you really already know the answer. You just want to, you just want to play it out verbally. So don't jump in and take sides. Say you understand, and even saying you understand is a good thing because understanding does not mean you agree. So if you ever hear me say I understand and you think that that's agreement, you better ask me do I agree, but then you might not want to hear what I got to say after that so you say pastor you understand, yeah I understand don't ask me, don't ask me do I agree, because then you might say, I thought you said, I did, I understand everything, hey I understand all the words that come out of your mouth but I don't agree with what you're saying you know now we're going to have a different discussion okay, but Paul like like, last one, we're going to finish with that sister Brown, because that's the last one right no, how much more we got and one, okay, well, let's finish with that one. Let's finish with that one again. We'll come back and pick up, what's that, 22 next? Mm-hmm. So twenty-one again. For
2: for to me to live is Christ and to die is
0: gain. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So he's saying, basically, I'm living for Christ, but to die in Christ is gain. Okay. okay. I'm living for Christ. we all living for Christ in here. Okay. But we're willing to die for Christ, too, if it's necessary. If my death brings about your change, then okay. And sometimes it takes death to bring about a change in people. It took Christ's death to bring about our change. You know,
1: it's funny that you said that. Um, I got a nephew, my oldest sister, oldest boy. Um, he was something else. And my mom, she, what she he, he, he posted it. And it just touched my heart because... Then that started making me realize what my mom had did with each sibling, mm-hmm. where she, she'll give you something from, you know, she'll give you something to stand on, but then she'll tell you, you know, you got to go. You got to learn how to stand on your own, and he had posted this thing about how now he's starting to realize, because he, now he's become a minister, he was, you know, he was really out there, and he's like, his grandmother, which is my mom, instilled in him something that he didn't realize up until now, and he's like forty some years old. Yeah. And he's now he's so into you know the scriptures and he's preaching and I, I just, it just makes me happy when I hear him speak because you know once you like you say you know when you when you was out in the world and the thing that you went through now people look at you like you know yeah you know what I'm saying. But he's doing great things, you know, and I, I am so happy, I, you know, like you say, some stuff, whatever we um, instill or give to somebody about the word of God, we might not get to see the the completion of what God's going to do with them. But I thank God that I can see what my mama planted in him mm-hmm. and now the, the biggest change that I never thought I would see,
0: mm-hmm. you know and that's how God gets the glory God gets the glory, that's the miracle of salvation, God takes the person you least expect and makes them a saint the person that go to church all their life and all that we don't, we don't you know, been there since they was 8 years old we don't get to see that, but that person was rotten like I was my goodness, I wasn't thinking about Jesus, I was Jesus a matter of fact can we look at
2: 21 more and kind of leave
0: more? Than <laughs> yeah, go ahead, you can talk about it
2: for me to live the Christ and to die, and to die is gain. And, and and when I read that, I'm thinking of He's saying that if He dies, then he's he's gained. He's getting an eternal life. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that there is more than living.
0: Mm-hmm. In our, in our temporal life span. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to go back in context. Remember, He talked about that that. That some people look at his bonds as a negative thing, and then some people preach boldly. That flows all, all the way up to there. Like what we perceive to be gaining, and then we go to chapter three, what you counted as plus is now counted as loss. Okay? So life temporally, eh, it's okay. But to die, to live eternally, is battle. So again, everything we count as temporal. And place that before what we're going to get eternal should be like a no-brainer. Should be like a no-brainer. It's like, I'm going to be longer over there than I am over here. And I can't take nothing over here or over there except for my salvation. That's it. You can bury me in the finest of clergy where?
1: Thank you for listening. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue Overland, Missouri 63114. Times of Worship, 8.30 on Sunday, Bible Study 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome and thank you for considering us as your place of worship.